Welcome to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Pinkham. Find me on Instagram at Lee Pinkham, L-E-E-P-I-N-K-H-A-M. And oh man, have I got a good one for you guys today. This is the 10th episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. And honestly, I think it'll be the best one yet. This is definitely, definitely been my favorite topic today as it's, as it's something that is so, so, so important to me. And it's a field, it's something I want to impact years down the road. And yes, even as a chiropractor. See, I want to make an impact everywhere. And I'm not afraid to say that. It's not too much to handle for me. Chiropractic, high school weight rooms, CrossFit, coaching, everywhere, 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 everywhere. And a lot of lifting for kids starts when they're in high school. So here's a very fitting quote for the day per usual. I'll probably repeat this in some way 50 times, 50 plus times at least during this episode. Success lies in a masterful consistency around the fundamentals. You know, really, I could begin and finish this episode in like 30 seconds. Practice, practice, practice. Be great at the basics. The end. (laughs) But for whatever reason, people think that mastering the basics doesn't apply to resistance training. Or that it's not worth the time and intentional effort it takes. That if we can see results, or if the numbers are going up, Whatever we're doing must be working, right? I think that's a lot. A lot of this is from a lack of education and a lack of self-discipline. And this applies in sports as well. And how you educate people on the importance of technique can be so difficult. I have to choose the right words to say so that it can be effective to you. And what those exact words or cues that are are going to be different for each individual. And I, I see this with high school kids, age kids constantly. And typically it's the football players as they're the ones that are most exposed to the weight room at that age. And that's sort of where I'm going to zone in for the majority of this episode. And uh, then I'll kind of, it, it'll kind of translate well into the technique aspect. But You've seen it, or you're you're at least aware of it. Kids moving terribly in a high school weight room, chasing PRs instead of quality movement. For them, it's more about the numbers than how efficient you are with that movement. And it doesn't help that these kids are being pushed by strength coaches who have no, no idea how to properly program the strength and conditioning of their high school athletes, but they think that they do. That's part of where this lack of education stems from. Majority of the time, it's coach so-and-so who's been coaching there for 35 years who refuses to bring in any outside help into his weight room because he doesn't see the benefits in it. That his kids will improve in the weight room whether a strength coach comes in to support or not. And that's part of what is so broken with the fitness culture. People do not see the value in folks who are degreed or certified in the exercise field. Yeah, there's quacks, but there's quacks in every field. There's quacks in freaking... uh, People that cut your hair. There's quacks and accountants and and bankers and IT and every field. Um, But people don't see the value in these people who are certified or have degrees in in the exercise field. And, you know, to be honest, I remember when I first heard you could have a degree in exercise, exercise science, which is 
what my degree is, I, I was like, what? I can major in that? Awesome. There's just so much more to it than what meets the eye. Strength and conditioning coaches are pretty much stiffed and avoided at the high school level for one of two reasons. Number one is coaches think that their players will improve regardless of their strength coach because it worked for them back in the day or they've seen improvements over the years with their athletes or because, like I just mentioned, they don't see the value in the strength and conditioning coaches. You know, of course, a kid's numbers are going to go up from his freshman to his senior year. I mean, he's growing as a person, like literally growing, maybe puberty, uh, most likely puberty. Um, and he is he is literally naturally just going to become more of a man. Yes, he's going to get stronger naturally. But just looking at it like, man, he's gotten stronger over four years. I can do it. If I can do it, you know, I don't need to have a strength coach. That's such a complacent you know, mindset to have. Um, but the second, the second reason that a lot of strength and conditioning coaches are stiffed at the high school level is schools don't even have the means to afford these coaches, or you know they don't even see the value in it, you know themselves. Um, while maybe some of the coaches that that do want strength coaches there, and 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 don't get me wrong, now you know this can sound really bad, but there you know there are some great football coaches that coach them on the field and in the weight room. You know I trained with a guy this past summer that I would trust completely to run a high school weight room for his athletes, and he does. Um, but I also know many of coaches who are just so set in their damn ways that your opinion is worthless to them when it comes to training for their athletes. And I get that the weight room can be about, it is about creating a culture and you know bringing in an outsider could, could potentially disrupt that. Uh, but that's where it takes good communication between the two to work. But when the coach is so set in his ways, which is a lack of open-mindedness like I talked about in a recent episode, he will never see the benefit of you or anyone else that can help his kids in the weight room. But those are also the same programs that go four and eight every year and then blame it on the good competition in their conference. So if you're a coach, you must be open to, to learning and growing. You know, this is a forever changing field. Uh, exercise. What we did 30 years ago does not apply today. A lot of it does not. There's still stuff that does, but if you're still stuck 30 years ago, you know, in in that mindset when it comes to exercise, you were you were way behind. Um, and for those coaches, you know, if football is what you know, be good at football. Let the strength coach be good at his job. And this is what you see in colleges. There's strength and conditioning coaches, and there are sport coaches. Ideally, that's the way that it should be. Now, I know that on just looking at it on the surface, you know, it looks very straightforward and obvious. And I know that there's a lot more that kind of goes on behind the scenes when it comes to this. But when coaches are not advocating for any strength and conditioning coaches, that is not going to help the cause at all. And I do believe a change is brewing. For, let me go ahead and say that. I follow some brilliant, brilliant minds who coach strength and conditioning in their own facilities for middle and high school athletes. And they produce great results for their athletes. Um, there's a lot that uh, are applying principles from today's kind of, I say today's exercise modalities, but um, they're just more in tune with what's, uh, what is going on in today's world, the latest research, the latest, uh, you know, best ways or most progressive ways to train athletes. Um, but my, my point is, is that athletes are seeing the benefits of hiring coaches who specialize in strength and conditioning. And when the consumer, aka the athlete or, you know, his parents who pay for it, 
um, when they see the benefit of a strength and conditioning coach by, you know, uh, when they see that benefit of the SSC coach, you know, then it will slowly trickle through the entire system so that, you know, one year these strength and conditioning coaches can be in high school weight rooms. And when I was down in Florida, which if you are not from Florida, you always hear about how Florida breeds athletes. Well, it's a thousand percent true. These kids are insane, but a lot of these kids are seeking outside help. And there's a lot of great facilities in the areas that, that understand this and that train these kids to accommodate them to become, to increase their performance. Um, now for a lot of sports, when it comes to increasing performance, it's, it's not like you can do sports specific training, but for the most part, uh, it's going to be, we're probably going to be doing a lot of the same things. And then like the, the main lifts or the, uh, bulk of the workout will be the same. And then maybe some different things, basically depending on your position or, you know, what is required, the demand for your sport, um, what it is. So where I grew up, for those of you that don't know, is a small town in Eastern North Carolina. So like most small towns, they're usually the last to catch on to something. And we have three high schools, three public high schools in our entire county, um, with my high school being the biggest. And we had just under a thousand students. Now, for some of you might be saying, holy crap, that was like the size of my class. Yes, we had a thousand kids in our class and we were the, or sorry, the, our school and we were the biggest school in our county by probably 500. Um, this past summer, you know, I got to see one athlete that train that is an as a football player for one of the smaller schools in our conference or sorry in our in our county and <clears throat> excuse me he came in to train pretty much daily during the summer and i would watch him clean and it was it was god awful once i got to know him a little bit better i started to learn from him you know about how his coach had no emphasis on technique or anything. It's just a pull and pray, uh, pull hard and get the weight up mentality when it came to any kind of cleans, you know, and I remember seeing this in high school, you know, when I took weightlifting and see some of the big, you know, I was kind of intimidated by the football players lifting. And, um, I did not look at how they were doing it. I just saw that they had these big plates on the bar and they were lifting them from the ground. Next thing you know, they were on their shoulders. Like that's insane. Um, but so I never thought anything of it when I was his age, it it was never about how they moved. It's just, you know, how much was on the bar. And, you know, this guy, this kid here, uh, he never warmed up when he came over the summer and it was always straight to 135 for some ugly ass starfish cleans. And if you don't know what starfish clean is, it's, it's, it's where you catch the bar basically with a really wide foot stance, which is just, it's just really inefficient. Um, he was also a junior, so he'd been lifting like this and he played football for two years already in high school. So he'd been lifting like this for two years. So I would help him when I could. Um, you know, if I had the time, I would have liked to have met with him daily, but it wasn't possible. So like I mentioned, it, uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, it, it was about being effective with what I said and taught him more about education and drilling in the fundamentals of his movement. It's been drilled in his head for years by uneducated coaches that technique is on the back burner when he's in the gym. That your goal is to lift the weight no matter how ugly it may be. That that culture 
was created by the coaching staff. And culture, like I said, is a big deal in sports. It's everything. You know, the space should be intense and motivating for athletes. PRs are meant to be hit in the gym. You're, you're in those in these in this environment, you know, and that culture is contagious, whether it be for the better or for the worse. You know, but if you're seeing if you're a senior and you're cleaning 225 with terrible technique, then the freshmen will be inspired to be just like them someday. And if the coach sets the standard for quality movement from the get-go, that will eventually be a part of the culture. Now, you can expect it to take a year or two to kind of flush out all that bad stuff, but that's and, and this is all not to say that you should never push yourself in fear of having a poor quality lift. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, I live, I, I live by the idea of, you know, I have a quality PR and I have a PR. You know, my goal is always for my PR to eventually become a quality PR. And that's just a sign of more efficient movement. And typically, you know, your top lift will, your form will deviate in some shape or form. It's just kind of the way it is. But you know that at that point is kind of where you stop. And, uh, you know, that's going to be my 1RM or my PR for the, you know, whatever. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, quality movement, is definitely the goal. Uh, you have to be careful. It's, you know, this is more for not athletes. Well, this is still important for athletes, but really non-athletes as well. But you cannot let the idea of everything needs to be one thousand percent correct um, stop you from pushing yourself. So I know I went through a phase where, when I started getting uh, like understanding more of you know form and technique. The second something started to break down or the second something started to, you know, not feel like it was a thousand percent correct, you know, I was like, okay, that's it for the day. And then eventually that became to where I could easily talk myself out of trying my hardest because I was like, my form and technique wasn't absolutely a thousand percent correct. That's it for the day. But back to this topic. So at, at the age of high, you know, these high school kids, boys have one mindset in the gym. It's lift heavy. The testosterone is flowing in there, and the hypeness, it really should be utilized. But when that's the mindset, they never want to go lighter. They don't understand the benefits of efficient movement in the gym. Telling a high school football player to go lighter to work on his technique is like telling him to clean his room. They will rebuttal. And that's where I was at with this kid. Telling him to imitate a clean with a PVC pipe is a crime. But it's actually, it's all about education. How can you get it across to an athlete that the more efficient you move, the more weight you will lift? The caveat being, it'll take longer for you to lift more weight. But that's what it is. And it's a hard pill to swallow. Even if you're not a high school athlete, this applies to you. Mobility leads to better positioning. Better positioning leads to movement efficiency. Movement efficiency leads to strength. This kid was a poor mover from the get-go. With his current technique, he'll never lift more weight, whether it be because of his technique or getting an injury from how poor the lift was executed. His clean was more like a really, really poor reverse curl with some, like a little squat involved. And this is why technique is everything. As a coach, it's all about how you teach it to your athletes and how you ingrain that into the culture of your weight room. If a kid completes a piss poor clean and you count it, you've established the standard. As long as I don't move worse than him, I'm good. That's what the other kids think. 
And if you're a coach and you don't understand the benefits of efficient movement, movement, bring in someone who does or educate yourself. Put yourself out there and want to learn because most college kids are itching for a chance to help out a high school weight room, especially with the, the notorious reputation that high school weight rooms have. And a college kid will cost you free 99 a month. They're absolutely free and they'll probably do it for an internship because they need one. But if you're a coach and, and you don't understand the, the purpose, the benefits of efficient movement, like I said, educate yourself or find someone that does and bring them into the weight room. Now, I think where coaches just kind of get complacent is that they see the numbers going up. Well, he was a freshman. He lifted this much. Now, as a junior, he lifted this much. Now, if you teach anyone how to lift weights properly or not, their numbers will go up as their bodies adapt to it. But are we maximizing their potential? Absolutely not. And if you put, if you want to do that, and I know that as a coach, you want to maximize potential of all of your athletes. Um, if that's what you truly want, then you will always be looking for ways to improve the efficiency of the way that they move and exercise. Because the more efficiently they move, the more weight they will be able to lift in the long run. The more powerful of an athlete they will be in the long run. When you go to a college weight room and all of a sudden these kids put on a butt ton of muscle, yes, of course, they grow more You know, when they go into college. For the most part, a lot of kids do. Um, but there's a new standard. And you can talk to a lot of college strength coaches and a lot of strength coaches love it when they have an athlete that moves well as a freshman because majority of the time when these kids are coming out of high school, their movement is like shit. And that, that college coach now has to fix four years of mistakes. Now, I know this all sounds bad, but I, I truly, I hold no grudges um, in high school about with high school weight rooms, even if it sounds like I do. My problem, though, it lies with the culture that the closed-minded coaches created. High school coaches have such an impact on high school athletes. We spend so much time with them day in and day out every season. I coached a JV soccer team for two years, assistant coach for a varsity team down in Florida, helping my boys grow as an athlete and as a person by teaching them to seek out their weaknesses within the game and work on them. Then I was teaching them to translate that same mindset to everyday life. Now, that impact is absolutely life-changing you can have on an athlete. And I know that I know that every coach has good intentions and that they want to see their kids maximize, you know, everything that they possibly can do, but at the same time you cannot assume that you as a coach are doing everything to to in your power to help them do that. You have to assume that there's things that you're missing, there's things that you can work on and improve on to give a better experience for your athletes. And when you have that mindset that man, I can continue to grow that way I can help my athletes grow, then you will be willing, more willing to learn. You'll be more open-minded about, well, what can I do to help prepare them better if they're going to go play college ball somewhere? And then also help them show you know, what they can do as far as their potential goes. And then you can use yourself in as, an, as an example. Man, I didn't know much about this, but I exposed myself. I allowed people to see where I was weak at and what I did not know and what you know, the subjects I did not know of. And then I learned from them and grew from them. Now, if you see, if an athlete sees you doing that, they will want to replicate that. But if you're a closed minded asshole of a coach or really an instructor or a staff member or anything, and you're not willing to grow and learn uh, about the things you don't know, then the kids or the people that you're impacting will see that 
And if they aren't old enough to think enough for themselves, you know, they will be influenced by you. And then it's the, and then it's all about just what type of influence do you want to leave on all the kids that you have an impact on? All right. You've heard me ramble on enough about athletes and poor lifting. So let's talk more about technique. Why is technique when lifting so important? Why, why is it such a big deal? Uh, before we dive into the lifting part of the whole technique world, let's remove the barbell and let's just talk about movement. You know, how efficiently you move will determine how much energy you expend to do the work. Moving efficiently, more work will be required to achieve the goal, and that will compound very quickly. Inefficient movement will always compromise performance and create the potential for pain and injury. Move efficiently, less work is required to achieve the goal, which will equal a greater capacity in in doing so. So, that inefficient movement will likely be the cause of your injury as well. Muscles and joints are being loaded in ways that they shouldn't be, causing overloading and overloading and eventually injury. Now, let's use an example from everyday life. Before I do that, you know, if that made no sense to you, back it up 15, 30 seconds and listen to it until it does. Um, but here's an example. Um, and this is kind of like everyday stuff. So... Let's say one person, they may be able to sit comfortably at a computer for hours with good posture and minimal effort in maintaining that that position, that good posture. Um, An accountant who sits for hours on end and slumps over in a chair and has horrendous posture, they may get exhausted from simply trying to hold that good posture after just a few minutes or a few seconds. The first person has a more efficient posture and they waste little energy in maintaining it. Um... Or let's say someone who's squatting. A squatter who can keep the weight distributed evenly throughout the body, can keep an upright torso, they're going to be squatting more efficiently than someone who stays on their toes and is leaned over in their squat. You know, as that as that squat where you're leaned over and you're on your toes, that requires more work just to squat like that than it does the efficient way. I I once heard someone say, inefficient movement is like driving your car with a parking brake on. You won't go anywhere very fast and you'll rip it up in the process. And that that makes a lot of sense to me. Really, when you think about it, there are really only a few ways to get better at a physical task. Number one, increase your capacity to create energy, a.k.a. become more fit. Number two, increase your ability to transform that energy or the energy that you do create into useful work by becoming more efficient and coordinated. However, most people spend their time trying to increase their work capacity while ignoring efficiency altogether. And that's the big mistake. And while it may not show immediately, it will be the difference between a 300 pound clean and a 200 pound clean. So, Yes, mobility and movement efficiency is incredibly important, really because it sets the standard for all of your movement when you start to put different movements together. It's the fundamentals of movement. And that idea applies to everything and is why technique is so, so, so important in everything we do for every single sport. Think about it. Really think about it. Look at any professional athlete. What do they do so great in their sport? Repetition, sure, but of what? Is it the fancy dribbling skills or the one-handed catches? 
No, it's their mastery of the fundamentals. It's not like they're shining bright. They have every they have all the basics down pat. They have the willingness to repeat the basics over and over and over again. And then more and then and then more. And this isn't something that takes one year and voila. No, this is something that takes years and years and years of practice. So I played soccer. Let's use a sport like soccer for an example. And you can relate this to your sport if you think soccer is stupid. Um, <clears throat> from a young age, you're learning the basics, which is dribbling, trapping, trapping the ball, passing, shooting, ideally with both feet. Look at professional soccer athletes. Their fundamentals are just outstanding. Their, quote, weaker foot is just as accurate and powerful as their strong foot. Or let's talk about any throwing athletes. Their mechanics look so natural or effortless. But but that's the point. You know, sure, we have some athletes who are unique in the way that they do things. You know, Tim Tebow, um, he had a very unique throwing motion. And he did well enough with that to have a short stint in the pros. But it's not the fancy skills and footworks that gets players to the professional level. It's the will to practice the fundamentals over and over and over again. And, and the goal is to master the basics, though if you're wise, you know that you never will master it, as there's always room for improvement. And guess what? We're going to bring this all around. This ideology applies exactly the same way to resistance training. Drill down the technique for anything with a PVC pipe until it's ingrained into your brain. Then do it 10,000 more times. Then pick up a barbell. The more effectively you can move with a light load, the more strength you would develop over time. And this is what, you know, this is why they say to compete every set with intent, as if it's a max effort set from the warm up to the 1RM. A great example of one is professional weightlifters. Go on YouTube and search for a professional weightlifters training session. You know, their ease of movement and wonderful technique is why they lift the weights that they do. You'll notice that they don't just grab a bar and slap on 45s every time they start a training session. They, a lot of them will pick up a PVC pipe or pick up just the barbell or the PVC pipe then the barbell just to work on like drilling in the basics and fundamentals of you know weightlifting and there that ease of movement and that wonderful technique that that's why they lift the weights that they do it just takes discipline and the want to repeat the fundamentals over and over and over again and hopefully you kind of see how if you're a high school athlete you know like i said the toughest thing to, to tell that high school athlete is to say hey, put the heavier weight down and focus on your technique and form, but no one wants to do that. But I promise you that it may not pay off now, but it will. And this whole idea of perfecting your technique and drilling it down, this is also where you know self-care is becoming more and more popular in athletes. Some athletes you know, they don't realize how efficiently they move already, which, you know, is that that's a good problem to have. But in today's world of maximizing your performance potential, recovery plays a big, big role in it. And, and a lot of athletes are starting to see that. So 
you want to hit PRs in the weight room or on the track or on the field, move efficiently. You want to live a long, low risk for injury life, move efficiently. I knew I know I used a very long example and talking about high school athletes in the weight room, went on a tangent about it, but I think it'll be a good topic anyways. But it's just an area I hold so dear to my heart. You know, I kind of mentioned this before. When I was in high school, I had a great weight room instructor, but I knew of many that were terrible. And high school is that age range where kids have such a fantastic opportunity to be molded when it comes to their exercise and overall health. For most kids in high school, this is their first experience in the weight room. The better experience that they have, the more likely they are to consistently exercise for the rest of their lives. This is so important because many have many people in today's world have such a negative relationship with exercise. And you know, that's adults as well. That it's about torturing yourself for an hour instead of treating it as an opportunity to better your health. And as we know, how we value something is everything. If we see exercise as an opportunity to better your health, it sounds much more appealing and is much more likely to result in you working out consistently. If you make it sound like torture, then you'll never stick with it if you're, you know, if you're thinking that you're punishing yourself day in and day out. So hopefully I'm starting to paint a clear picture here for you all. If if you're a high school athlete listening to this podcast, here's my message to you. Seek out help in the weight room. It's okay to not be the big shot lifting the most weight. Look for a knowledgeable trainer or strength coach in your area and take a few sessions with them. Understand that if you focus on drilling in your technique and execution of all of your lifts, even with a PVC pipe, that it will translate over to big numbers in the long run. It will just take time to develop. You have to be patient. And for those average Joes out there, guess what? I got the same message for you. Although your goal may not be performance, the same rule still applies. Master the fundamentals. Keep it fun, but master the fundamentals. Understand the carryover that it has for you. Longevity, increased performance, aesthetics, better health. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please, please go and leave it a five-star review on iTunes. And do me one more favor this time. I'm asking a lot of you guys, but I know you'll do it for me. I hope anyways. You probably know a high school athlete somewhere. Send this episode to them. Just share the link. Send it to them. Um, Text it to them. Message it to them. Whatever it takes. Tell them that there's some great info here that can help them in the weight room. I'd, I'd appreciate that so, so, so much. And the more we share and publicize this podcast out there, the more people we can possibly touch with the podcast. So until next time, peace out.